It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Welcome to the Financial Times Big Read, a weekly podcast featuring the best of our long-form reporting from around the world. I'm Harry Robertson from the Opinion and Analysis Desk. On August 14th, the Mirandi Bridge in Genoa collapsed, killing at least 43 people. Since then, many Italian politicians have blamed the bridge collapse on a lack of maintenance, says Hannah Roberts, and linked it to crony capitalism and policies of privatisation. Luigi Di Maio, Deputy Prime Minister and leader of the Five Star Movement, has said nationalising Autostrade's toll roads is the only solution. But there is evidence that motorway privatisation in Italy can claim successes, for example, a drop in road deaths. What is clear is that the argument over privatisation is emblematic of a divided Italy. In July 2013, on a motorway viaduct near Naples, a coach carrying 50 passengers smashed through a guardrail, plunging 30 metres over a precipice and killing 40 of those on board. As with the Mirandi Bridge in Genoa, which collapsed last month, leaving 43 dead, the Aqualonga viaduct was run by Autostrade per l'Italia, the country's biggest motorway operator. Prosecutors, alleging that the bolts anchoring the guardrail were corroded, brought criminal charges against Autostrade personnel in 2015, including Chief Executive Giovanni Castellucci. A judgment is due in the trial in December, although appeals could drag on for years. The company denies the charges. Maria Lofredo, who lost her mother in the Naples accident, says, For five years we have called for investment in maintenance, but instead there are more dead. It's as if my mother died in vain. In the wake of the Genoa disaster, the company is facing many of the same criticisms. Even before an official inquiry has been concluded, some politicians have blamed the bridge collapse on a lack of maintenance. The furor could potentially lead to the renationalisation of parts of Italy's motorway network. Privatised in 1999, Autostrade operates 51% of Italy's road network and is controlled by one of the country's biggest private holding companies, Edizione, which is owned by the Benetton family. It holds a 30.25% stake in Atlantia, Autostrade's parent company. That has made it the focus of the country's punitive political mood, one that mixes demands for social justice with complaints about years of economic mediocrity and mismanagement. The anti-establishment Five Star Movement, which is now the biggest party in the new populist government in Rome, has used the accident to step up its criticism of crony capitalism in Italy, where the state has, in its view, gifted sweetheart deals on public services to large private companies. Luigi Di Maio, Deputy Prime Minister and Five Stars leader, has said nationalising Autostrade's toll motorways was the only solution. The government has begun legal proceedings to revoke Autostrade's licence. It's a racket, wrote Beppe Grillo, the comedian and founder of Five Star, on his blog. The motorways must be free. We haven't paid taxes for years to make Benetton & Co rich, he added. 
As well as attacking big business, Five Star has also used the bridge collapse to go after the traditional political establishment for its role promoting privatisation in the 1990s. This has made the Genoa disaster a pivotal moment for Italy that will be closely watched across Europe. It is one of the first important tests of the populist government's ability to translate its fiery rhetoric into complex public policy. But it has also brought about a confrontation between the free market ideas that dominated the 1990s and the anti-elite sentiment that has become so prominent in Western politics. Giovanni Orsina, professor of political history at Luis University, says, They have found a golden seam of scapegoats. Business, the old political class and a wealthy family of progressive politics. Everything chimes. Autostrada finds itself playing defence on a number of fronts. The government had given the company until Tuesday, September the 4th, to show that it had met its maintenance obligations in Genoa. Autostrada said on Friday it had prepared counter-arguments and that it has promptly fulfilled the concession obligations. It would respond before the deadline, it said in a statement. The publication last week of some of the details of Autostrada's roads concession has further increased the scrutiny on the company. Giorgio Ragazzi, author of Lords of the Motorway and a retired professor of economic science at Bergamo University, says The concessions were an enormous gift. The motorists don't realise, they just pay and go through. But the concessionaires have made enormous profits which they haven't reinvested in the sector. The controversy dates back to the 1990s, when the government began to dismantle the huge state-owned industrial complex that was built up after the war. At the time, almost 20% of the total workforce was employed by the state, in industries ranging from chemicals to aviation and oil. We have a saying, the state shouldn't make panettoni, says Marcello Sorgi, a well-known political commentator at La Stampa newspaper who said privatisation was necessary at the time. The Benetton-led group was the only qualifying bid for Autostrada after a rival consortium, led by Australia's Macquarie Bank, failed to find enough financial support and applied only for a 10% stake. Entrusting Autostrada, a state agency with the licence to operate motorways, to a group whose main shareholder was best known for colourful T-shirts, was not as surprising a decision as it may now sound, according to Andrea Colli, Professor of Business History at Bocconi University. Large investment funds did not exist in Italy, and it was politically unpopular to sell to a foreign company, so the state turned to private entrepreneurs, offering favourable terms to extract the maximum possible capital from the sale. Mr Colli, who has written a history of Edizione, says... It was seen as better to have entrepreneurs with a proven record than speculators. They represented the new face of Italy, industrial, entrepreneurial and able to make things work. The four Benetton siblings had started out selling colourful knitwear in Treviso in 1965, but as the textiles market became more competitive, they diversified. After unsuccessful forays into financial services, sportswear and skis, the family moved into infrastructure. In 1990, it bought motorway catering company Autogrill, an experience which taught the group the value of long concessions, says Mr Colli. Textiles now account for just 5% of Edizione's 12.5 billion investment portfolio, 
half of which is made up of transport infrastructure. In March, it agreed to buy Spanish group Abertis in a deal which would make it the biggest operator of toll roads in the world on completion. Critics say that the contract to run the motorways appears highly advantageous to the winning bidder. Autostrada's owners inherited a natural monopoly with the right to charge tolls until 2038, raising tariffs annually in exchange for maintenance and building new roads. Between 1999 and 2016, tariffs rose 72.9% on average, almost twice the rate of inflation of 37.4% during the same period, according to a report compiled by Andrea Cioffi, a five-star senator. In 2014, for example, the rate of inflation was 0.2%, but tariffs increased by 4.43%. Between 2006 and 2017, Autostrada invested $2.9 billion in road maintenance, equivalent to about $300 million a year, or 2.8% more than was mandated in their contract. That compares to pre-tax profits last year of $1.4 billion. According to Mr Ragazzi, we now have very high tolls and a very old and inadequate motorway system. He equates the tolls to a tax, which he says, it would be better to pay to the state, not to concessionaires who have hardly invested anything. Autostrada was even allowed to subcontract, without tender, up to 40% of maintenance work to its own construction company, Pavimental. These included repairs on the Morandi Bridge, according to Stefano Marigliani, head of Autostrada Operations in Genoa. An agreement signed in 2007 prevents the government from revoking the licence without severe financial penalty. Even if Autostrada failed to meet its safety and maintenance obligations, the state would still be obliged to reimburse the profits that could be expected until the end of the concession. Ugo Arrigo, a professor of public finance at Bicocca University in Milan, calls the Claude absurd. He says, It's as if the captain of the Costa Concordia, the cruise ship which was wrecked off Italy in 2012, had been sacked for killing 30 people, but then was allowed to keep his salary and pension for the rest of his life. Autostrada said that the EU analysed the concession earlier this year, including tariffs and rates of return, and concluded it was adequate and in line with the European Union legal framework. The company said it had invested more in the network than when it was publicly owned, an average of £290 million a year versus £266 million. Mr Castellucci, the chief executive, told La Repubblica newspaper last week that the privatised company performed radically better in terms of investment and safety than the roads still managed by the state. Tolls increased because the state wanted to equip the network to deal with more traffic, he said, and were lower than other countries. Others say the new government has exaggerated the problems. The coalition has been keen to label the state's relationship with the Benettons and Autostrada as, says Mr Sorgi, a kind of spectre, with political and economic forces exchanging favours, interests and money. But the governments have often been more inept than malevolent. Road privatisation in Italy can claim successes. Motorways are arguably safer, with annual road deaths dropping from 420 in 1999 to 119 today. Italy's state-run roads are in far worse condition than the motorways, with considerably less investment per kilometre, according to Mr Ragazzi. 
OECD figures suggest Italy's long-term investment in transport infrastructure is comparable with other Western countries. Five Star, however, had been critical of Autostrada well before the Genoa disaster. Mr Cioffi filed a complaint last year to the National Anti-Corruption Authority, saying it was in the public interest to break the contract with Autostrada. He blames Italy's amoral familism for what he sees as the generous contract. He says, There has always been a tendency to favour big companies backed by pressure groups. Italy in the 1990s was like Yeltsin's Russia when public companies were given to the oligarchs. Everyone was looking out for their friends rather than the public interest. Michele Dell'Orco, undersecretary at the Ministry of Transport and a five-star legislator, says the government was not proposing full nationalisation but a gradual takeover of parts of the network where Autostrada had been demonstrably inadequate, including in Aqualonga and Genoa. He says, considering the death tolls, the state could hardly do worse. Shares in Atlantia are down 28% since the accident, given the threat to its biggest business. But there are clear economic and political hurdles to nationalisation. The cost will add to the already high level of public debt and the other main party in government, the Pro-Business League, is opposed to nationalisation. Mr Orsina says, It may be difficult for the government to move from propaganda to decisive action. Autostrada will be their first reality check. Vittorio Carelli, an analyst at Santander, says of the penalty to be paid by the government, the contract is very clear. In the interview he gave last week, Mr Calucci remained defiant. Nationalisation of the road network, he said, would be an incoherent return to the past, in total contradiction to the Western world. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this Big Read podcast, you can subscribe on all the usual channels. If you're not already an FT subscriber, visit ft.com forward slash offer for our latest subscription offers. This episode was produced by Harry Robertson. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.